0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Deepen Podcast. Uh, I'm excited to introduce this bonus episode to you where Pastor Joby and I get to sit down with Demi Tebow. Uh, we hear a little bit about her life story, her relationship with Tim, Tim Tebow Foundation, uh, some of the work that they're doing to fight human trafficking around the world and really how they're leveraging all that God's put in their hands to impact the kingdom of God and spread the message of the gospel. It's an awesome conversation. You're gonna be really encouraged by it. Uh, so let's dive in.
1: Welcome to Deepen with Pastor Joby Martin. The Church of 1122 is a movement for all people to discover and deepen a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we're praying this message helps you deepen your relationship with Him. Now let's dive in.
0: Welcome everybody to a very special episode. Of the Deepen Podcast, Pastor Joby, we have a special guest with us. We do. Why don't you introduce her for us?
1: This is the bonus episode because we're not going to be unpacking the text that we've been preaching for the past mm-hmm. bunch of weeks, but we're going to really unpack the life of a person that I think is living the abundant life. We have Miss Demi Tebow here with us today, a friend of a friend, if you will. <laughs> uh, I've known Demi for we were just trying to figure that out. Like Six years, yeah, six yeah. years ago or so. Well, yeah, we met here at church, and obviously, I've gotten to know you through through Timmy and you've been super sweet to Reagan and you and Gretchen are buds, all the things. And a part of the reason we wanted to talk to Demi is we're in the middle of this ten ten life journey mm-hmm. and um, where the Bible says that the, the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus, the good shepherd says, you may have, you, ha- he has come that you may have life and have it abundantly. And there are all of these abundant life um, ministries and opportunities that we've laid out for Folks at church to dive into, and then uh, on our website right now, we're filming all these stories of people that are living the abundant life, Mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily like they signed up for one of our things and Mm -hmm. are doing that, but they're Mm kind of doing their own thing. And so, Ms. Demi Tebow. Thank you
2: for having me. You are
1: Mm -hmm. so welcome. I
2: I purposefully did not wear a Gator jersey, so just... Wanna put that out there.
1: We appreciate that. More <laughs> it was close you
2: know. though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to deter any of the visual audience, you know, with that kind of stuff. But uh
2: We um, <laughs> were gonna really stretch wait, the movement for all people. Cool oh, oh, yeah. oh gosh. Yeah. You're surrounded. Man, uh you guys set me up for mm, failure over here, but good. okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: I love that, Pastor Joby, because one of the things that's important to remember is that the kingdom of God is big. That's right, and it's it's bigger than I mean. What we love, obviously, we love Love Twenty Two. We love what God's doing here, but there's so much more to it than that, you know. And praise God for that. So, uh, Demi, thanks for being here. Um, I I know that you have led a very interesting life and lots of many. You've had tons of experiences, and I'm sure we could spend a lot of time on this. But why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are? And how did you get here? Like, why are we sitting here? What do you do? What do you work on? What do you love? What are you passionate about? For those who might not know.
2: Well, I'm so honored to be here with you guys and to... Just be able to have this conversation. I mean, Pastor Joby has, you know, 1122 has been Tim's home church for a long time. And since we got married, it's become my home church mm-hmm. as well. And um, we're just so grateful to be a part of this community and this church community. And um, it's one thing that I, that I love so much about Jacksonville is the home that we have in church. So mm-hmm. I'm very honored to be here. Um, I do have a little bit of an accent still. Hopefully, a it's it's a southern accent, but <laughs> a different southern accent. It's from South Africa, so when I first moved to the states, I promised myself I'm not gonna ever say y'all. Well, here I am. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, I I have loved just being able to make a, uh, Jacksonville home. South Africa is where I was mm-hmm. born and raised and and grew up. Um, you know, I'm very grateful to have been able to represent my home country as Miss South Africa. And, um, part of that is when you win your national title, you actually get to go and compete internationally at the Miss Universe pageant. And well, mm-hmm. long story short, that's how I ended up here. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to represent South Africa on that stage, and um, we didn't have a Miss Universe in 39 years. Mm. Kind of similar to, you know, when the Bulldogs <laughs> didn't win a national championship. Wow, okay. Yeah, but
1: now are the glory days <laughs> for the dogs and Miss Demi. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, did that to myself. But That's anyway, funny. um, you know, we didn't have a, a winner in thirty nine years, and I was like, this is our chance. Mm-hmm. South Africa, we are gonna do this. And um I got to be able to carry that title and, and wear that crown for a year, which was one of the greatest honors of wow. my life. But honestly, it didn't just feel like a personal victory. It felt like a victory for Every small young boy or girl back in South Africa, in some small town like the one I grew up in, with just one traffic light mm-hmm. that was on the interstate, by the way, um, you know, that did grocery shopping on a farmer's market every Saturday, um, that had a dream and that was trying to find what their plan and their purpose was for their life. Um, so, yeah, that's a little bit of my background. My parents, uh, I grew up in two homes. My, my parents got separated when I was really young. And I actually see, you know, Even though there's so much heartache that can go part of that, I actually see it as such a great blessing because I see Mm. that I have four parents instead Mm. of just two. And listen, my step parents are both some of the biggest heroes in my life. They Mm. have both stepped in and stepped up to raise me as their own. And both my stepdad and my stepmom are Mm. truly some of the most influential people in my life till this day. So that's a little bit about about my background, and mm. here I am.
1: And you have a lovely family. We got to, Gretchen and I got to meet them at your wedding. Uh-huh. Um, we were invited to be a part of it, which was pretty cool. I'd never been to a wedding like quite like that. That was pretty cool. <laughs> uh, it was fun. There were many events that led up to the main mm-hmm. day. And then we stuck around a little bit, and it's the first time I hunted in South Africa. Nice. So thanks for that.
2: Love mm-hmm. that.
1: Now I've been back yep. three times.
2: But we consume everything that we hunt, right? Yes, we do. Just saying.
1: For sure. Perfect. We <laughs> Actually, the last one I just went on was with a, a ministry in South Africa. So all of the meat and stuff fed all these villages That's so great. where 1122 has been planting That's churches. That's so
2: great. Love that. We
1: call that a win-win. We need to talk mm-hmm. more
2: about that I know. at
1: some point. Mm-hmm. would
0: love that. The ministry of hunting to That's feed it. people. Uh-huh. Sign me up for that one. No doubt. That. uh So you came up in the pageant world, which I'm sure we could talk about that. I mean, like, there's a lot of lights and shadows in that world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's been some events in your life that have led you to have a heart for making a big difference in the world. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about that like I know you've had you had at least one uh, really marking experience coming out of that that uh, Miss Universe uh, experience you know when you
2: yeah I think it it probably even dates back um, a little bit further. My as I said, my parents were separated. and yeah. um, out of that, I got to gain a little half- sister Franya, and okay. we were ten and a half years um, of age difference. and I was so excited to have a little sister, you know, mm-hmm. the, I remember the day I got the news. it was at my I think my 10th or my eleventh, I guess my 11th birthday party. And my, my dad, like, called me, and he's like, hey, can you go to the fax machine? <laughs> Back then when we still yeah. used fax machines. Yeah. And they sent me a fax, and they they gave me the news of, you're going to be a big sister. Wow. And it was just like, one of the best days ever, right? And so a couple months after my sister was born, um, we realized, you know, something's not adding up, something's not right. Um, did more tests, did more tests. Nothing was picked up, you know, um, before she was born. It was nothing that we could have planned for or even, you know— lo- yeah, I guess just plan around and plan for um but about at age 4 months she was diagnosed with cerebellar agenesis which in short just means that she was born without a cerebellum mm-hmm. which you know controls your whole nerves and and muscular system so um Frania was pretty much um you know developed and functioned like a 3-month old baby for the rest of her life and she needed Full-time care um, was very hard on my parents. Um, something that was really sad is, you know, as Franya got older, she she grew to a normal extent. So, when you know, eventually she became 10, 11, 12, 13 years old and she was in a 13-year-old body, but she, she couldn't function mm. to the extent of a 13-year-old. And, and that was very taxing on, on my family. My parents both worked full-time um, to be able to afford, you know, a, a caregiver that could look after her at least one night a week so that they could just sleep and... Um, I think one thing that that taught me as a sibling was like, that's that's real pain mm-hmm. that you're living through. Just don't go and make life harder for your parents. Mm-hmm. And so I think it kind of led me to just staying in my corner, doing my thing, not causing drama, not mm-hmm. causing havoc. Um, and the other thing that I think it it taught me was, you know, a lot of times people want to support and they want to help, but they have no idea what to do. Mm-hmm. So they rather do nothing. And that included our church. That included our friends. That include, included my parents' Bible study group. You mm. know, that included the bi-weekly barbecues. Eventually those just die down and they stop happening and people mm. stop reaching out. And I really want to believe it's because people just genuinely didn't know how to handle that situation, right? right? Um mm. And I think that was one situation in my life that made me realize, you know, even if it's not perfect, Mm -hmm. even if you can't donate a million dollars, even if you can't start your own foundation, at least just be willing to be interruptible to be there for somebody else in need. Um, Mm -hmm. At least be there to go go and pray with them. Go and take them a meal. Go and say, hey, we're here. If you want to talk, like, hey, let's have that Bible study at your house this week. Mm -hmm. You know, let's be there as a community to support one another because that can mean so much to—even though it seems like a small task to Mm -hmm. you, it truly can make a life-altering impact in someone's life.
1: Yeah, that's one of the biggest impacts that um, our relationship with Tim and the Tim Tebow Foundation, which is one of our key partners Mm -hmm. in this whole Abundant Life journey— When we started doing Night to Shine together, you know, he invited me to be a part of that. And that's back when Eric Dillenbeck was running things Mm -hmm. and he invited, he was a part of the church and invited us to be a part of it. And I remember standing at that red carpet and cheering these kids on and just thinking, why does the church not look like this every Sunday, Mm -hmm. right? And so it was from that that I came back to church and said, we're going to, I even robbed the language from Night to Shine (laughs) and said, we're going to roll out the red carpet to families with kids Mm -hmm. with special needs. And Now, all of our campuses have um, not just, we're not just making space for those families, Mm -hmm. but they truly are VIPs Mm -hmm. here at 1122. And one of the biggest things it changed in me is eight or nine years ago, I think I had the right theological concepts about somebody's value and worth, regardless Mm -hmm. of their physical condition. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't have any practice or didn't know what to do, Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. And then because our church has rolled out the red carpet, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Like when I just see folks, when I, folks with special needs or parents with kids with Mm -hmm. special needs at wherever it is, at Walmart or wherever, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I just feel like, all right, that's one of our VIPs, whether Mm -hmm. they know it or not about 1122, yet or not. I just want to run straight up to that family and just, just begin a conversation. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's right. I just feel so much more well-equipped right yeah. now to engage those folks in our community mm-hmm. with with Christ's love, regardless of what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And and Pastor Roby, I have to say, you know, the impact that we've seen in communities, not just in the U.S., you know, Night to Shine is hosted up to date over 50 countries worldwide, yep. and it's in every state around the U.S., which is awesome. Um, and thank you guys for your support as well. Um Night to Shine is actually how Tim and I met. Well, he says it's Night to Shine. I say my little sister was the matchmaker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was joking and say he invited my little sister to prom and not me. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You know, but the impact that we've seen in communities, in in villages that are in the depths of the jungle where those children have been hidden, have been seen as the least, the last, mm-hmm. you know, have been tied up in some instances, have been locked up in many instances, have never left their home in the last <laughs> decade. You know, when somebody comes and rolls out a red carpet for your child, for that child, for that Person that's been seen as not worthy, mm-hmm. um, you know, not loved, not valued. When you roll out that red carpet, it's hard to not see the value that that person carries. It's hard Amen. to not see that in God's eyes, mm-hmm. they are royalty. Amen. Just like we are, just like you and I are.
1: One of my favorite church planting stories is um, through our partner with the Koa Refuge, we planted a church called Cornerstone mm-hmm. in Masaka, Uganda, and then Cornerstone. They do night to shines now, and we've been there. I know, and I know, it was awesome, and it when was they, a party. When they first started, though, they said we we're gonna we we're gonna do uh, night to shine. They needed to make some adjustments to their facilities because where it is. So we sent a mission trip, and the mission trip poured concrete and poured wheelchair ramps, mm-hmm. and that's what the mission trip did. Cool. So it's this beautiful example yeah. of us planning a church, raising up a local pastor. Uh-huh through one of our missionaries, pastor schools, and then us sending a short-term trip to put in wheelchair ramps so that the kings and queens could all show up and be taken care of. Mm -hmm. It's pretty neat to see Mm -hmm. all of those different things come together and God use them for the abundant life. Yeah. Yeah
2: and something that's grown out of night to shine is called shine on and that's very similar to what the church of 1122 has done with you know supporting families and mm-hmm. supporting communities but we wanted to say you know what 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 comes after this amazing like mm-hmm. night you know mm-hmm. how do we continue to support families and that's where shine on was born so we continue to shine that light on those families we continue to pro- provide that support that's that awesome. community um so yeah it's something that's that's just been pretty pretty awesome that you never even could plan for but you know the lord has big plans and I think they're you know, as long as we are willing, he he can use us in, in awesome ways. Mm-hmm. But so, be careful because he will use you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, tell me about it. So, so how did you and Tim meet?
2: Well, Miss Universe happened. Part of your contract is to live in New York for the year, which was very different to Sitchfield, little small town with yeah. the one traffic light I told you guys about earlier. Moved to New York for the year. That was my home base, and um, you know, I did a, b- a bunch of American media and interviews and occasionally people would ask me about my sister and well um, I I got to share about my sister on you know national TV stations and talk about her and talk about her life and the inspiration that she's been to me which is pretty cool and at one time, at one point this this guy named Tim Tebow reached out to me and well he invited my sister to prom (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's how we met and being the protective big sister I was like listen dude I don't know who you are like I don't know what prom you want to take my sister to so you (laughs) go and send me an email um with all the details and he sent me an email and as i got to learn more i remember that somebody had actually told me about this a couple months before Mm -hmm. when i when i first got to the u.s and because of my sister i you know i i bell kind of rang and i did more research and I, I read the information that he that he emailed me and by the way if you know tim like he does not send emails like he doesn't answer them he doesn't <laughs> read them if you send an email i'm so sorry 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 babe kind of throwing you under the bus here <laughs> but you know looking back now him sending me an email was pretty pretty cool yeah. um and we emailed back and forth a little bit and we set up a, a phone call to discuss logistics because at this point i was like, man, like. man, like, that, that's what we've been missing. Like, that's what my family has not been able to get be a part of. Here's this guy, this American dude that loves people like my sister, that yeah. cares for people like my sister, and he's never even met her. Mm-hmm. And so I was very intrigued, I'll be honest. Um, we had a, a phone call set up, and it was supposed to be Five ten minutes, and um, while well, our first phone call was two hours, twenty four minutes, and six seconds. And we haven't not spoken a day since. Wow. <laughs> and now we get to love on people like my sister together.
1: I remember uh, when I announced in church that you guys had gotten engaged, <laughs> that Tim and engaged Miss Universe, and the the heartbreaks that happened in that <laughs> moment. I was it was great for me because finally people knew that I knew Tim and. The number of letters of people oh. that were trying to, for me to make the connection, mm-hmm. it, was, yeah. it was psycho. It was actually oh, psycho. You, so,
0: uh, you have like a, a sermon illustration about that, like about hearing God's
1: voice. Oh, right yeah. like, Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. pretty funny. And they would. They would be like, no, I've got a sign from God. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to meet Tim. And I'm like, no, it sounds like the preamble to a restraining order. That's what it sounds like. So leave it alone.
2: Well, I will tell you my defense. I'm a rugby girl, okay? We watch rugby and cricket. Okay. We're the defending world champs just by the, like, kind of like the, why am I going there the whole yeah. time? Uh, anyway, kind of yeah, like the know, Bulldogs yeah. is what you're going to say. Thank you. <laughs> um, anyway, and so when I first moved to the States, I had genuinely never seen a football or baseball game in my life. Which is
1: so perfect. Oh, and,
2: and, you know, when Tim and I started dating, we... Um, I lived in New York and he he played baseball at the at that point and they kind of played close to New York. And so I'd take the train and go and watch, you know, want to go watch his game. And every time he'd be like, no, it's fine. I'll just meet you for dinner afterwards. It's, you know, it's okay. It's, you know, don't worry about it. It's long game. You don't even watch baseball. Like, don't worry. And at one point I was just like, this dude is the bull boy. He is <laughs> on the bench. And I, he wouldn't let me come and watch right. the games. Yeah. And I, I eventually sat him down and said to him, listen, I have grown to really love you for who you are. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're bad at sports. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I
1: love this. This is my favorite thing. <laughs> I don't okay. care if you're
2: bad at sports. Yeah. That's not you. Well, <laughs> anyway, I was I was humbled and you know brought to reality mm. soon after that. But um, yeah, that's that's pretty much how we got to know each other. And you know, one thing that I love about our relationship is it's not what we've. We truly had very little in common when we first met. He's mm-hmm. still not into pageants. I'm trying to be into football. Like the mm-hmm. first thing I learned <laughs> when I moved to Florida was to say go gators. And you know, I'm I'm still learning. At mm-hmm. least I have the snacks ready on Saturdays, <laughs> but that's as far as mm-hmm. it goes. Yeah. Um so it's really not about what we had in common, but it's what we had in purpose. Mm-hmm. That's right. And you know, it's pretty just cool to see how our lives and our purpose and our mission was aligned long before we ever even met Mm -hmm. and that's something that i'm so grateful for because you can learn to go and play pickleball together you can learn to you know watch football together you can learn to do fun things together you can Mm -hmm. learn to have you know enjoy each other's interests but it's hard to learn what each other's mission and heart is
1: Yeah, I mean, it just Mm -hmm. smells like the Lord. And, I, you know, I mean, I I had the privileges of doing, like, premarital counseling with you guys and being part of your wedding and all that kind of stuff. So um, it was just cool to see God's hand in it. Mm -hmm. Um, It was incredible that you had no idea who he was here before. (laughs) I mean, literally one of the greatest college football icons of all time. You know, it. I mean, I told you this when you guys met. Totally reminded me of Psalm 34. Come, let us magnify the Lord together. Mm -hmm. That you guys were just chasing after what the Lord had for you, and then he allowed you to bump into each other. Mm -hmm. You weren't trying to date the Heisman Trophy, and he wasn't trying to date Miss Universe. That you guys were just exactly what we are talking about. You guys were living out the abundant life, Mm -hmm. and then at just the right time, bumped into one another. I also thought it was super cool that you guys did your wedding in your hometown, not his and before we started, I was telling Minky, when Gretchen and I were there, it was great. It was, it was incredible. It was the most incredible wedding. It lasted like five days. It was awesome. <laughs> all the th- events were. We're gonna
2: make you fly all the way out there for just a you know, yeah. Totally, got I mean, so <laughs> to make it worthwhile. But nobody
1: like people didn't know who Tebow was, and then we would say, "Well, well, have you heard of Demi?" And they would. I mean, you were way more famous than him out there, <laughs> and people were. They were going crazy that we even knew who you were. So it was really cool, and it's incredible to see how you guys have. Not only been a man and woman of character all of this time, but also leverage whatever it is that God has given you, leverage the platform that mm-hmm. He has given you mm-hmm. for His glory mm-hmm. and to love His image bearers. Yeah. It's truly remarkable, and I get to see it um, up close and personal. Mm-hmm. You know, and the number of people that ask me, "Is it real? Are they?" and and mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie for you. And so I get to authentically say, "Man, this couple is as real as it gets." We've been talking about night to shine quite a bit. Um, one of the things our 1122ers wouldn't know, but oftentimes uh, when we're leading up to the to the actual event, we'll open up host closet, and yep. all these women at church will uh-huh. donate prom dresses and old wedding dresses and stuff like so that. Sweet. And, the, and the folks get the girls come in to get fitted, mm-hmm. yep. and Demi will take a couple of days and um, just in like sweats and a ponytail and that kind of thing, and she'll be helping the girls get mm-hmm. fitted. And it's neat. I, I usually try to stick my head in over there when all that's going on because it's so excited. Mm-hmm. And I just think, man, little does this family even know that Miss Universe is helping their daughter get fitted mm-hmm. for a hey, dress. give me
2: so, any excuse to play a little dress up. And I'll, it's cool. I'll be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really cool. <laughs> Which has been so sweet for sure. Well, that's very kind, Pastor Joby. You know, I think, um, like I said, like the Lord can use you where you're at with what Mm -hmm. you've got and you just have to be willing and Mm -hmm. listen, we're not perfect by any means. And I'm, I'm so grateful for the platform that I've gained. But in all honesty, there has been a time in my life where, you know, it was all materialistic. It was Mm -hmm. temporary. The Mm -hmm. value, um, and the worth that I put my identity in was temporary. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, as soon as that crown gets placed on your head, there's a time that comes where that crown gets taken back. And, you know it's so crazy because Paul literally warned us about it in First Corinthians nine twenty five. Paul writes to the church of Corinth, right, and he tells the church, "Don't chase perishable crowns." Wow! And um, we actually got to be in Corinth a couple months ago, months ago, and we got to you know see the old city and the ruins of Corinth, which was so cool to just mm. know, like these are the roads that Paul you know walked on. This is the church that he that he wrote these letters to. And what Paul was talking about is he was referencing the Isthmian Games or the Isthmus Games. And he was saying, hey, these these uh, athletes that compete for these games, they are willing to literally sacrifice their lives for these games. They are willing to put yeah. so much on the line. And do you know what these, just in the training process even, mm-hmm. some scholars believe, I mean, I'm talking to a pastor here, so please correct me if I'm You're wrong. Not. You're good. Keep but, preaching. But you know, even in just the training period, these athletes would would risk their lives to be able mm-hmm. to go and compete. And mm-hmm. what these athletes would win? Yes, you guessed it. They won a crown, a wreath. And depending on the season, they believe that the, these wreaths were made out of celery, pine, or maybe olive leaves. I mean, talk. Um, you know, I love a good green juice, but <laughs> celery leaves don't last right. very long. No. And, you know, at least I guess my crown was made up of diamonds and pearls, but maybe that's a little bit of an, ex- of an excuse. But at one point, you got to give that crown back. Mm. And I remember the night I handed over that title and swung the opposite way of the new reigning, you know, reigning Miss Universe, very rightful winner. I remember walking off that stage feeling like I handed something else over mm. alongside that crown and something that I never expected would be missing in my life, especially not after winning something like Miss Universe. Mm -hmm. And I think it only came to realization later on that I handed over my confidence alongside that Mm ground. And I think the reason I did that was because I put... So much of my worth and my identity and my value wow. in a crown that was temporary, just like Paul had written and warned us mm. not to do. And I know that you know there's only a couple of women in the world that's one Miss Universe. I know that's not so relatable, but you know we do that in our jobs. We do that on that sports team that mm-hmm. maybe we get cut from. We do that mm-hmm. in you know everyday life situations. Maybe you're a full-time mom and you know you've your identity's been rooted in your children, and they're now going to college. What now, we, you know, at some point in our lives, we get face that question. And so I think that was a very, a, a, a very awakening moment for me where I realized, man, Demi, like hopefully the rest of your life you'll live to, yes, very grateful for this platform that I've been able to gain, but that you will live your life to be able to chase things that actually have an inter- eternal impact and not just an impact on now, today, maybe mm. tomorrow.
1: Well, that's why I wanted you to be here because you know, the fundamental question that we're asking our church for these two years is am I living the abundant life in mm-hmm. Christ or mm-hmm. is my life defined mm-hmm. by an abundance of stuff that this yep. world offers that will never fully and finally satisfy? Yep. And so just like you said, man, whether it's um, BMS Universe or the Heisman Trophy winner or honestly like pastor in a really big church or people knowing who you mm-hmm. are, all of those things, none of those things mm-hmm. will ever satisfy what we were made for Mm -hmm. because we were made for the good shepherd who lays down his life Mm -hmm. for his sheep. Mm -hmm. Mm. So Um, good. One of the things that has amazed me about your partnership with Tim and about TTF in general, not only do you guys do Night to Shine, you you really do all kind of stuff all over the world. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things that we've partnered with you guys on in a pretty significant way Mm -hmm. is to fight against human trafficking. Yep. We partnered at Akoa Refuge with the Philippi Project. Mm -hmm. We also have partnered with you guys um, to have a team of people, kind of a strike force that works with governments around the world Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. fight for the most vulnerable people and to kick down doors and work with governments to get the evil people arrested and Mm -hmm. to rescue folks and then rehab them. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that, how you got connected with ACOA, and then also maybe a little bit of your backstory Mm -hmm. um, that plays into this.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll start with a little bit of my backstory, and once again, it goes to how you know Tim and I's purpose was aligned way right. before what we had in common was mm-hmm. aligned. Um, back in 2017, shortly after I won Miss South Africa, I was a victim of a violent carjack situation back mm. in South Af- home, you know Johannesburg, South Africa. And I'll make a long story short. I was able to escape that situation. There were armed men surrounding my vehicle. Long story short, oh, I was like, able- "Hold
1: on, I know it." <laughs> So you were, but it took an incredible act of bravery on your part, right? You thought it's now or never. Either yeah. I yeah. fight to get out, or yeah. I'm.
2: You fight, flight, or freeze. There are yeah. three options. I try to, I try to get away. I try to run away. They grab me, try to push me back in the vehicle, and I realized, well, one, I can do. Nothing or two. My only two options was to do nothing or to fight my way out of it. Right. And having very loving, protective parents, they have sent me on numerous self defense courses. And I could change a, a tire of a vehicle before I could ever drive one. And you know, my dad nice. just taught me so many tools and skills. I haven't tried it in a couple couple of years. So don't <laughs> don't try and take me me. <laughs> Sure, we can figure it out. Anyway. Um, I realized that I could either do nothing or right. fight my way out of this. Mm-hmm. I, I grabbed hold of the car, and one thing that i was that I was taught in one of the self defense workshops was one don 't ever go to the second destination mm. because it 's most likely not going to get better somewhere downtown in dark alley with ten other of their friends um, and two the throat it 's accessible it 's lethal obviously don 't try this at home mm. don 't make a joke out of this. This is purely meant for a life threatening situation. Sure. So I punched the guy as hard as I could in his throat and it bought me a small window, very tiny window of opportunity to run away. And that story that I just shared was very traumatic. Of course, I had a gun pointing to my head. I was surrounded by multiple men. Um, It was very traumatizing. Mm -hmm. Um, It was half past five in the afternoon, broad daylight, peak hour traffic uh, on a big avenue, you know, multiple, hundreds of people moving up and down. Hmm. I was on my way to an event as Miss South Africa. So I was all dressed up in my six inch high heels, by the way. And I ran up that avenue once I was able to, you know, get away from them. And I knocked on car window after car window Mm -hmm. and nobody would stop for me. People had their windows open. They could hear what I was saying. Nobody would stop. Mm -hmm. Nobody would stop. I, I remember this one woman's face. She literally shooed me away. I'll never forget her eyes. And... You know, I think there's a lot of reasons why people wouldn't stop. Um, you know the crime rate in South Africa is unfortunately very high. I love my home country, but we do have issues, just like every other country in the mm. world. Um, I kept running, and I remember at one point I looked over my shoulder, not knowing if I'm being shot in the back, not knowing if I'm being chased by these men, not knowing if one of the cars i'm windows I'm knocking on is part of their yeah. their situation, right. Mm. I eventually reached the intersection and an old little car swerved over and this, the young girl like rolled down her little window, literally was so old she had to like roll down the little window. And she said, hey, are you okay? Like get in, something to that extent. And I ran around to the passenger seat and I, before I could get in, she had to lean over and like unlock the little car knob, that old little car. And that's what she did and she took me to safety and that young woman impacted so much of my perspective and i would say even changed a big part of the trajectory of my life Mm. by her willingness to be interruptible for somebody that was in need Mm. and i never want to victimize myself i don't know what those men's intent was i don't know what their you know what their purpose was what their mission was i just know it wasn't good right and that evil Right. And that incident served as a catalyst to me learning about the fight against human trafficking. It started with learning about the violence that women and children face back in South Africa. And oh, yeah. that's where Unbreakable was born. We can talk about that in a little bit. But it snowballed to me learning about the fight against human trafficking, labor trafficking, sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Pastor is it's one thing when you don't know. But it's a whole nother situation when you know and you choose not to do something about it. The Bible tells us that that in itself is a sin. And, you know, we, once again, we can't always do extravagant things. We can't always donate a ton of money. We can't always start our own foundations. We can't always go and step into darkness and physically rescue somebody. But we can all do something. And that's one of the beautiful things about how the body of Christ was made up. You know, we all have something that we can add. And, um, yes... TTF is very involved in the fight against human trafficking. Um, we have multiple safe homes and campuses um, in various parts yeah. of the world. Yep. the AcoA you know Philippi Tiwa Philippi campus is one of them yep. um, and just I got to got, got to meet so many of our survivors and you know I actually don't like to just call them survivors but thrivers. Mm-hmm. because they are on those on that mm-hmm. campus really taking what real courage is to say, hey I need help. I don't have to walk through this alone. Asking for help does not equate weakness. Um, And one of my favorite, favorite people that I've ever gotten to meet is Mimi. And she's one of the survivors on on one of the safe campuses in in Uganda. And you know, when I met her for the first time, she turned to me and we don't speak the same language, but she turned to me and she said a few words in English. She said, thank you, I have loved you. And you know, for somebody that you've never even met, mm. to to say those those are big words, you know, to say that was pretty sweet. And today, Mimi is an absolute thriver. She's a leader on that safe campus. She's mm. working towards so cool. becoming a businesswoman and opening up her own mm. hair salon. And that's all because people care enough to mm. act on her need.
1: Yeah, I remember when the Philippi project started. Um, it was just two women in one apartment that Lee and Tyler were. Just trying to figure out what to do with yeah. you know there wasn't really a project it was just mm-hmm. here are two human beings that need help and they did so Lee and Tyler are the very first missionaries that eleven twenty two ever mm-hmm. sent mm-hmm. man they were they were kids when I met them and they told me their story and God's call on their life and I mean it was it, I believed in them but it, they were easy to believe in you know and we got behind them and and then you guys came along and wanted to get involved and partner with us and so I mean one of the things people can do this isn't necessarily a podcast on mm-hmm. generosity, but every yeah. single time people bring their first and yeah. best to the Church of 1122, mm-hmm. a part of that goes to things like the Philippi Project, yeah. to things like partnering with TTF to mm-hmm. rescue children yeah. in terrible, terrible situations. Right. These are very... Very, very, very practical mm-hmm. ways that um, we are trying to take the abundant life mm-hmm. in Christ to yeah. every single person, especially those most vulnerable yeah. around the world. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. that's right. And I mean, that's literally the ten ten life. Like the enemy is there to steal, kill, and destroy, Correct. and we mm-hmm. see that in such tangible ways in the fight against human trafficking. Um, but you know, together we have to fight for that for that life. We have to fight for that abundance. And I love the stark contrast that that verse you know, shows, mm-hmm. kill, steal, destroy versus abundance versus life. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that we are going to face trials and tribulations in this life, but we get to have peace in Him.
1: Mm. You know, as you share that story um, about being abducted and, and fighting to get out, and then um, so many people that saw what was happening and had the means that mm-hmm. did not help, it, it honestly, man, as sad as it is, it reminds me of so many local churches right now. It just does. And it also reminds me, I've shared this story ad nauseum, but when JP um saw that wreck and went running to it mm. and he helped drag that nurse out of the mm. wreck and and he was when he got home and I was talking to him later, he was dumbfounded oh. that nobody else would help. Come on, JP. And He just kept saying, I'm a I'm a seventeen year old kid, I'm a junior in high school. Wow. One other grown man helped me. Mm. And everybody else was just filming it with their phones. Wow. Come on. To put it on wow. YouTube and, mm. and I just thought, man I was so proud of him, still proud of him. Yeah. But it, it was just a – it's like a parable for our church. We mm. will not be the kind of church that sees people in the train wreck of their yeah. own lives, whether it's their own doing or, or the enemy or the mm. world. It does not matter. Mm-hmm. Mm. We are going to always be the church that runs to the wreck, mm. to the blood, to right. the unsafe place mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with the good news of the gospel and with whatever, whatever kind of physical – means we need to take yeah. care of people. Because isn't that exactly what Christ did for us? Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. I mean, right? Like he looked that's down exactly and it. we
1: were being abducted. We had been abducted by mm-hmm. the enemy and he did not pass by yeah. or shoo us away. Mm-hmm. That he came on a rescue mission for me and you. And the moment we get rescued, we're part of that rescue team. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. That's right. That's mm-hmm. so true. And you know, I'll, I'll brag on my husband for a second. We had just gotten married. COVID had just hit a couple weeks later It was like actually the first weekend that we were like in our home as a married couple for the first time. But, you know, post baseball and things getting shut down and we went for a walk and we realized that we locked ourselves out. So we went around the the back door and as we came back home, we have like kind of like glass windows so you can see to the front of the, the driveway. And as we got back to our house, there were just fire trucks and ambulances all in our front yard all in our in our street and i was like oh my gosh like we literally just moved where our house is burning down like what's happening <laughs> you know like we just went for a walk who left the candle burning right. and um we ran around and the the, the one of the firemen came ran, running towards us and they're like is this house four five nine sit whatever and i said no it's that way and while there goes the whole ambulance and fire trucks and There goes my husband as well, and I remember yelling after Tim, saying, "Tim Tebow, get back here right now! You don't know what you're running into." And he stopped for a brief second and he looked over and he said, "If I don't go, I can do nothing to help." Wow! And that was one of like the biggest lessons that I have learned in my life, Um, and. I'm so grateful for his leadership in our marriage and his Mm. leadership in just life as one of my best friends. But, you know, if we don't go, there's nothing that we can do. If we're not willing to say, hey, here, Mm. use me, Mm. you know. Mm. It reminds
1: me of uh, a story that I know is near and dear to his heart, that the fruit of of what you experienced mm -hmm. started with a seed when he was 15 years old and his mm-hmm. dad, Bob, would take people on mission trips. That's right. And he was in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And he saw a little boy who had a deformity of the legs. His, mm-hmm. Basically, his feet were on backwards. Mm-hmm. He was born that way. And he was told by the whole village that he mm-hmm. was cursed. And at mm-hmm. that point, man, it, I, was, I was a youth pastor here mm-hmm. when Timmy was 15 years old down in PV. And he was already becoming known as a, a quarterback you had to keep your eye on. You mm-hmm. know what I mean, mm-hmm. and so while everybody's having that kind of chatter around here, mm-hmm. he's on a mission trip. When mm-hmm. we tell our church, you got to go on a mission trip. Mm-hmm. Just trust me, you mm-hmm. got go. You have no idea not only what God might do through you, but what mm-hmm. might what God might do to yeah. you. Yeah, and that's when that seed was planted. He picked up that little boy, held him in his arms, and said, "Oh, no, you're not cursed. You're blessed." Mm-hmm. And it changed everything. He oh, decided, God. "I'm going to do whatever it takes to make the biggest difference I can." Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is mm-hmm. no doubt in my mind that God was at work in all of that, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. And just like in your life, that yeah. he, that He is. I mean, Romans eight twenty eight that God is at work in all mm-hmm. things for the good of those that love Him and are called according to His purpose. So, you grew up in a little tiny town. Mm-hmm. Grew up in you know what people around here call a broken family. Mm-hmm. God redeemed that. That God redeemed even a, an incident where mm-hmm. some men tried to do really evil things, mm-hmm. but God intended some really good things yeah. out of your life. And that's true for every single one of us mm-hmm. that will reject the enemy, mm-hmm. listen to the voice of the Good Shepherd, and do what he calls mm-hmm. us to do. There's abundant life in serving mm-hmm. yeah. the Good Shepherd. That's right. This might
0: happen to you. probably happens to you and Tim, but uh, let's just say somebody's listening and say, well, I don't have the platform you have, mm-hmm. or I don't have the opportunity to, to point people to, mm-hmm. or to help. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? What do you, what's your answer in that situation to help people see that they have something in their hand?
2: growing up in in south africa you know like the charity was in our backyard like we didn't go to different countries like we just went to a different part of the country um and you know i think the term mission trip was something new to me when i first moved to the u.s because the mission trip was in my hometown the mission trip was just a couple miles up the road Mm. the you know the stark contrast is is very prevalent in South Africa. You've been there. You've you've lived and experienced the poverty and the hardship and um, just the heartache that people that people face. You know we have a um, a baby safe back in in the outskirts of Johannesburg where it's an absolute last resort for, for moms to be able to give up their babies in mm-hmm. a safe place because just on this last week, we found, you know, our team on the ground found a baby just in a trash bag on the side of the road. Mm. Not somewhere dark in the woods, like, you know, buried, like literally on the side of mm. the road. Like that is the type mm. of, of hardship and desperation that people face. And yes, for me, that's home. And I, I understand that we're in American. I understand that things look different here sometimes you know sometimes it's it it is just in your backyard sometimes Mm. it is just going to go and volunteer sometimes it is going to check up Mm. on that neighbor um you know we have we are so grateful to be able to serve survivors of human trafficking right Mm -hmm. here in jacksonville florida you Mm. know and that's that's something that we're and so many have been baptized by the church of 1122 which is awesome Mm. to see the hope and Mm. Um, the healing that can come, the, yeah. the purpose that can yeah. come from such severe pain. Um, if you have seen the hope that can be in that, it's, it's hard not to believe mm. in that. It's hard not to believe that, you know, that mess can be turned mm-hmm. into, a, into a message and mm-hmm. that trial can be turned into a triumph. And um yes, go on the mission trip, go and experience that, go and s- see what people around the world face. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, I would totally encourage that, but also don't be scared to just reach out to a neighbor a couple miles away from you,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. I mean that's the key, man. This this is like parable of the talent stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tim and Divi did not say it, it wasn't like they were doing nothing for mm-hmm. anyone, right? And then one day flipped on a switch and said, well, "Hey, why don't we serve 50 countries from now on?" That's not how it happens, man. Yeah, it's just whoever is faithful with a little, mm-hmm. then God can trust you to give you more mm-hmm. and more and that's more. Right. And more. Yeah. So mm-hmm.
2: blessing and obedience. I mean,
1: yeah. I, I people ask me this. You, we have this conversation all the time. People that want to be preachers, but mm-hmm. they want to preach to these massive audiences, yeah. and they ask me, "How do I? How do I do that?" Yeah. Like, listen, man. Yeah. For twenty years, I just mm-hmm. did Bible studies with teenagers, right. and everywhere I could preach, I would just say yes to you know. Yeah. So it was a million little FCA meetings. Right. Mm-hmm. Same thing with serving. I mean, yeah. the goal is not to try to have some kind of magnanimous impact. The goal right. is to be faithful to serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yep. And just watch what he does. Mm-hmm. But you guys have you guys have carried yourself so humbly. I remember this is I always think this is hilarious. So my kids have known y'all for years, but Reagan was how long have you been married?
2: Uh, January, four years.
1: So this is probably probably right years. at four or five, five years, ago. years ago. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and and it dawns on Reagan. She's like, "Wait, Dad, you know Tim Tebow?" And I'm like, "Baby, you know Tim Tebow." <laughs> she's like, "What? No, but that's." T- and she, she didn't realize that Timmy, who she'd seen in my office a hundred uh-huh. times, is Tim Tebow. Oh. You know what I mean? Right, right. She's like, I, can we, next time you talk to him, da 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 And I was like, oh, <laughs> let me text him. So I text him. And so he goes, why don't you just come over right now? It was Christmas Eve. Remember this? It was Christmas Eve. And I was like, okay, we'll come by. So we swing by the house. He takes a bunch <laughs> of pictures with her. Then about right after your wedding, he goes, wait a minute. Tim Tebow married Miss Universe? and And I was like... Yeah, baby, that's Demi. She's like, wait a minute, Demi. Like I, she didn't put the two together. Yeah. And then when she realized it, she's like, can I go get some pictures with? It? I'm yeah. like, hold on, Aww. let me text. Like, yeah, yeah. And then you were like, oh, just come on by. And so, it, I know we're not a mission that's trip, sweet. but but that that level of humility and just mm. uh, leading with a yes to an opportunity mm. to do something for somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, either you have a heart to do that because of your knowledge of the gospel, mm-hmm. or. You're always looking at an angle of what, mm. like, what's the least I can do, or how does this serve mm. me? Right, yeah. right. I have a really good friend, and uh, he's very
0: successful in the mortgage banking industry. And we talk on the phone really regularly. And, and we were talking the other day, and, and and his biggest question is, should I give it all up and like go be a missionary somewhere? Mm. And I'm like, God might ask you to do that, man, but listen. You're in uh, you're in so many rooms Mm -hmm. that I will never be in, Mm -hmm. and you're talking to people who they've got all the money they could ever hope for, but you're able to point them to Christ and point them to the gospel. I say I wouldn't I wouldn't look down on Mm -hmm. that as if something is more important than that because that's the thing that God's put in your pathway,
1: right? And if God calls you to go to the mission field, you won't feel like you're given anything, right? That's right.
2: That's right. That's so that's so good. I love that because you know we're all we all have our unique talents, Mm -hmm. our unique skills, and you know maybe. The money that he can make and feel the mission right. in way bigger ways. So mm-hmm. I agree with you. Don't ever look down on that yeah. for sure.
0: You mentioned Unbreakable, and uh, it's something that we've we've hosted here. You know, at eleven twenty two. What's the the mission behind that? What's the goal behind that event? It's more than an event, I believe. Yeah. Right? yeah.
2: So I think it got amplified after the carjack situation, and that that really made me realize what women around the world face and Mm -hmm. and once i was able to to travel as miss universe to you know 20 plus countries i got to see you know the the issues that women face around the world and um Actually, Unbreakable was really born when I was in college. I won like the Little Miss National, Miss Varsity Cup, football, whatever competition. And I gained like maybe 5,000 followers back then. And back Mm -hmm. there, it was like, man, you've made it. Like you've got a (laughs) big platform. And I felt like, oh, I have such a big responsibility. Like, you know, I see the issues that girls face on campus. Like Mm. I see like how so many girls put their worth and their value in so many things that are temporary, right? Even Mm -hmm. back then, I feel like the Lord has broken my heart specifically for, for, for women. And, um, the first unbreakable event I hosted was back in college and, Let's just say there were more cupcakes than people that showed up. <laughs> so, uh, this Unbreakable is very different. We um, yeah, The room was so packed and so grateful for um, the Church of 1122 support mm. and, and being able to host it here right on, on campus. Um, my heart for Unbreakable is that every single woman gets to walk out of those doors feeling educated, feeling equipped, and feeling empowered to go and break everyday life Barriers to mm-hmm. go and overcome everyday life challenges. And the key word is with confidence. So, um, I am no field expert, um, but I'm very grateful to have a couple of friends that are really cool field experts. So, we had Dr. Caroline Lee, who's a neuroscientist, that was, um, she's also a believer. So, mm-hmm. you know, she speaks from that practical scientific standpoint, um, cool. but also, you know, from a biblical perspective. So, mm-hmm. um, just loved her input. We have Eve Torres Gracie, who's part of the legendary Gracie family. Right. You might be aware that her, um, I guess,
1: her family and Our, had Brazilian yeah, Jiu Jitsu. Yes,
2: Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. So I f- got
1: my blue belt from Hoyt's Gracie.
2: Love it. Love All it. right. Love it. Yeah. So we have some amazing partners. IJM, who's, who's one of them, will be. Pro- you know, it will be part of the of unbreakable journey. Mm. So the work that they do worldwide to fight human trafficking is, is awesome and phenomenal. And we're grateful to be partners with them. So, mm. and then we have a, a couple of other fun, fun, fun people that were part of the day, but really yeah. our whole goal is for everybody to walk out of those doors with confidence, to mm. feel equipped, educated, and empowered, to handle everyday life situations.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that's, so now we're like on our third example of what living an abundant life looks mm-hmm. like part of Biggie, I talk about this with pastors a lot of times. I'm not even necessarily trying to get a whole bunch of people to buy into the vision that I have. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to fan the flame. I'm like, just teach the Bible and then fan the flame that God puts in people Mm -hmm. that line up with what the good shepherd Mm -hmm. has told us to do. Mm -hmm. Those are two different ways to do it, you know? Right. And so a lot of people find their acts of service right here through our church or through our Mm -hmm. local partners. Mm-hmm. and then some people start new ministries that become our local partners that we can point more people to
0: yeah yeah that's so great so y'all are changing the world through um, night to shine through you know anti-human trafficking efforts through empowering women with confidence I mean could you give us a preview of anything that might be next I mean are y'all working on something something not that that's not a lot because that's quite a bit but uh what's next for y'all
2: you know I think I think the the best that we can do is just to show up and to say yes. Mm -hmm. You know, yes, we're here. And um, our goal with with the Tim Tivo Foundation is purely to fight for the most vulnerable people Mm. um, around the world. And any new way that we get to do that, we want to be able to say yes and to step up and to show up Um, for those people. We're very honored to be able to serve in over 80 countries Mm. up to date. Um, And yeah, that takes a lot of responsibility and Mm. a lot of willingness. Um, mm. And it's not always easy, but it's so worth it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. If people that are listening want to partner and serve, I and mean, yeah. where would they go to figure out how to do that?
2: I mean, there's all the different social media ha- handles. Mm-hmm. They'll find it. Yeah. Demi Tebow, Tim Tebow, t- Tim Foundation org. You'll find it all there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, Pastor Debbie, why don't you share a little bit about? Uh, you know what you've heard today and how it would how you'd want to encourage the the church as they're on the ten ten life journey to do
1: yeah, I mean publicly, I'd like to say to you and and to Tim man we're so proud of y'all yeah. we just really are you know to get to be y'all's home church um I know I know you guys travel a lot, but when you're here, you're here, and that's awesome and uh even as Tim travels and preaches a lot more now. Um, we'll connect on some of his sermons and stuff like that. And so it's just really cool to watch Mm -hmm. what you guys are doing and how the Lord's using you, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, And to all the folks listening, I would encourage you to think about the parable of the talents. In case you're not familiar with it, it's Matthew chapter 25. In Matthew chapter 24, uh, the disciples ask Jesus, what's the end of the world going to be like, basically? He gives a whole bunch of like prophecy stuff in 24, I think everybody's super confused. <laughs> you know, he's talking about the abomination of desolation and they're like, what are you talking about? He's like, all right, time let me give you three stories. He gives the parable of the virgins, which is don't miss the party. Mm-hmm. The last one he gives is the parable of the sheep and goats. Like when, when you've been run over by the grace train, your heart should beat for the mm-hmm. things that God's heart beats for. Like mm-hmm. The least of these. Mm-hmm. And then the middle one is the parable of the talents and to steal a John Piper phrase, he's like, whatever you do, don't waste your life. Mm-hmm. And he gives one guy, one talent, one, two, and one, five. The worst thing that you can do is spend your time comparing what God has given you to what God has given somebody else. Mm, mm-hmm. so and I think, one, I think the real hero of the parable of the talents could be the guy, the two-talent guy, because he doesn't have pride over the one-talent guy, and he's mm-hmm. not defeated that he's not the five-talent mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. And he just does, he just acts faithfully with what the Lord has given him. Mm-hmm. And he risks it all, and he doubles it and gives it to the master, just like the five-talent guy does. And on the day of judgment, he gets the exact same reward as the five-talent guy mm-hmm. because he the reward is well-done, good, and faithful servant. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say well-done, good, and fruitful servant because mm-hmm. the fruit is up to the Lord. So I want to encourage every single person that wants to live the abundant life in mm-hmm. Christ mm-hmm. To be inspired by your story, Mm -hmm. not to be intimidated by it or to compare themselves to it. Yeah. And just do whatever it is the Good Shepherd's calling you to do. Mm -hmm. Not so that not because you're chasing after a temporary crown. Right. But so that one day, by God's grace, we would all stand before him Mm -hmm. and we would hear the words, Well done, good Mm -hmm. and faithful servant. And if I could add to it just a little bit. And then how cool would it be I need a little bit of hermeneutical license, but the Bible says right now we see dimly, but one day we will see clearly and we will we will know fully. Mm-hmm. What if a part of the crown that we're fighting for, the eternal crown, is that God will allow us one day to look over our shoulder mm-hmm. and see the kind of impact that he allowed us to be a part of yeah. in the building of his kingdom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the real crown so that good. we bring to heaven yeah. man, is just more people and how we've impacted right. them and then with all of that we lay it at his feet yeah. and mm. say well it all started with you that's mm-hmm.
2: right so mm. good so amen
0: good. well thank you so much demi for sharing all that and um, you know we love y'all and we're grateful that you're here and pastor joe would you close in prayer with uh, or
1: with any final words that you'd, you'd have for us yeah let's pray yeah our good and gracious heavenly father lord we thank you so much that you um you saw us in need. You did not turn away. You did not chastise us. You did not condemn us, but you sent your son Jesus on a rescue mission. And Lord, I pray by the power of the conviction of the Spirit of God, the moment that we were rescued, we would become a part of the rescue team. God, I thank you for Demi. I thank you for her life, for her legacy, for her testimony. God, I thank you for the, her parents and step-parents that you used to help um, craft her into the woman she is. Lord, I thank you so much for... Her love for your word and how she is being used in a mighty, mighty way so that she could live that abundant life and so that others could be impacted to find that abundant life in Christ Jesus. We pray it in his name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. (laughs) The (laughs) end.